And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Trapped, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. <laughs> One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, Jim here, Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in today. Today we have the ever-incredible Don Campbell on the show. Don is a Maine native via Nashville, now back in Maine, which is awesome. It's good to have him home. Um, Don's been doing it, guys. He's been doing it for the last... We won't talk about how long, so we don't age Don too, too much, but we're going to talk about it. Don's been on in a while. Um, he's got a new song coming out this Friday, Golden Arches, Table of the Brave, and we are so excited. We're going to premiere that for you at the end of our conversation, so stick around for that. Um, so yeah, thank you again so much for being here. If you're new to the show, um, how do I put this? We're not your typical show. We... Uh, we just we just shoot the shit honestly and um that's really what it is we are we get to know don we get to know all of our guests and you know who they are as people so a big thank you for you being here today and for don for coming on the show if you haven't already subscribe like share all the social medias all that whole all that stuff we greatly appreciate it helps us out a lot and it informs you when our next guest is, which will be on Thursday. We have John Fosco here. Um, he is the great of my behind sound waves creative. Um, we'll get into that though then. Um, so sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Um, I think it would be remiss of me if I don't touch upon what happened in Lewiston, Maine last week, seeing we do have a Maine native on the show today um so our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to all the families of all the victims in lewiston i'm lucky and happy to report that the friends of our show and the friends we've made up there are all safe and accounted for and you know we thank god for that but um our hearts do go out to those that are affected directly by this tragedy and for those of you that are in the area that may have known somebody that lost somebody or knew somebody, you know, whatever that was affected by this tragedy, our hearts go to you as well. Um, so thank you for being here today and I hope you enjoy our conversation with Don and we'll see you on the opposite side of the show to, uh, to wrap things up. Enjoy the show. Cheers. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Mr. Campbell. Hey, good morning. How are you, Fern? I'm doing great. How are you doing? 
Oh, man, you know, it's Friday. It's Friday, so I can't really complain. Right. I love Fridays. Yeah, it's, you know, we're, you know, we're New Englanders, right? So we're right. a little, uh, we're a little rough around the edges. Right um, on. Where are you, where are you located right now? So I am in Southern Mass. I'm like right, right on the Rhode Island line. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm about, I'm right like smack dab in between Worcester and Providence. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. You not Nashville and New England legend. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I love the humbleness. <laughs> um, you know, in case you can't tell already, this is a this is the most laid back interview conversation you'll ever have in your career. I love that. I welcome that. Yeah, ever. Um, you know, like I like I told Kristen and your team, like this is about you, man. I wanna I wanna hear some stories. I wanna hear about you. Well, if you want to talk about music, we can. If not, that's f- cool too. I just you know I want to get to know you. Let the let the fans get to know who you know the real you is behind the. You know, out off the stage and as a person, and sure, you know, let's 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 hear some cool stuff, man. Okay, sounds great. So, I guess to be cliche, who are you? How did you start? Where did you come from? You know, all that all that crap, and then we can we can get we can get into the nitty gritty. Sure. So yeah, so um, my name is Don Campbell. I grew up in in uh, Southern Maine in Scarborough, which is a town near the ocean. And uh, I grew up in a Celtic music family. Every weekend around my house growing up, I felt like I was in an Irish pub. Oh, that's uh, my dad played the fiddle. My mom played the piano. All my aunts and uncles played instruments. They were all from the Canadian Maritimes. Uh, my mother is 100%, 100% Irish. My father 100% Scottish, which uh, means one likes to drink. The other one doesn't like to pay for it. Um, but anyway, it, every, every weekend was music. <laughs> And, uh, and a lot of fun. And so um, after I was old enough to go out and start playing gigs on my own, I would, you know, I'd take my acoustic guitar and, and uh, just go out and play in, you know, pubs and coffee houses. And, and, uh, and that's, how it, that's how it all started for me. Um, and I was about, I don't know, probably 20, 20 years old when I started playing my first live gigs in bars and getting paid for it. And uh, I've been a full-time musician since 97, I guess. Damn. Now, yeah. Was, was there ever a time you felt like, you know, growing up in the in the music world, did you ever feel like, you know what, this isn't really what I want to do, but this is just what what's in the blood? No, I I I I love what I do. I I really love what I do and and I'm always trying to um keep it fresh, so I never get bored and I play so many different I do about 325 gigs a year, so the, and every place I play is so different that um, there's no monotony to me, and uh, sure. I I never feel like um, I never feel like my guitar is like a hammer is to a carpenter. You know what I mean? It's right. it's um, it is a tool of my trade, I guess, but there's a lot of passion behind it, and creativity um, allows me to keep it fresh. Nice, I love that. I love it's that. as much not... to me. Uh, to me, it's as much fun songwriting. It's as much fun filling up an empty page with uh, a song that I need to write. Uh, it's as much fun writing as it is performing. Right, right. That's that's great. You know, it, and it's awesome that you know, if you started doing this really, you know, 
pretty much professionally in 97, right? Is that what you said, 97? Yeah, I was playing, I was playing um, before that, but just not full time. I had, you know, a day job. And, and, uh, but when my music, when my music really started to take off, maybe it was around 95, when my music really started to take off, it allowed me to just play music. And uh, so I, that's all I've done since 95, I guess. Damn. So in the last, let's see, I won't tell you how old I was in 97 because you'll probably <laughs> end this call right now. Um, but well, cause I can do easy math. Um, so in the last 20, what, eight years or so you, this has been, this has been work more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And a work of passion, I would say. No, hell yeah. Now. So, all right. So you're starting really kicking off in 95, 97 ish. At yep. what point do you say Maine? Thanks, but no thanks. I'm heading to Nashville. You know, um, I was I was really fortunate when I was starting out. I, I recorded my first CD in 1991 in in a in a studio that was owned by a, a really popular group here in Maine uh, called Schooner Fair, and they they um, they I recorded my first CD with them, and they they would take me around the country. They had a national following, and they did like sea shanty sea shanties and and. Uh, you know, music like that, but they played in some really reputable rooms around the country and they would have me open their shows and let me borrow their audience for about 40 minutes. And then I realized, I realized, wow, there's a lot of music outside of new England and a lot of beautiful places to play. And, um, and my, my mother actually sent one of my CDs to Nashville and I was invited to get out and play at the Ryman auditorium which is the original Grand Ole Opry for folks that aren't aware of that. And uh, so and, when I got to Nashville, I'm when just I got gonna to... Pause if you don't know that the Ryman is the original <laughs> Opry, just, just, just stop right now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I just got a, war- I got a really warm welcome in Nashville. And, and, uh, and then in 1999, my, my band, uh, I have a band called the Don Campbell band. And uh, we, we set out, to be part of a huge contest, a national contest called the true value, true value country showdown and, and true value hardware puts up, they put up, it was actually, it was a true value, Jimmy Dean country showdown, Jimmy Dean sausages. They, uh, each company put up $25,000. So there was a $50,000 grand prize. Um, and 120,000 bands from around the country joined, uh, into this contest. Everybody signed up be part of this contest and they divided the country into six sections the northeast the southeast the north over the country you know would compete in your your own region first in your own state then another state and then your region and um my band uh went down to wheeling west virginia after we won in new england and then what when we won in wheeling west virginia we were sent to the grand Ole opry in Nashville to compete for the $50,000. And uh, there were six bands chosen from the six sections of the country. And uh, my band won the $50,000 at the Grand Ole Opry. And that was uh, right about the year 2000, 15 days before 2000. And uh, and I decided just to buy a house there. And I lived there for 14 years and uh, just loved Nashville. I still go there. And I, I, I have a house in Maine, but I, I travel to Nashville uh, you know, for business and for fun and a uh, great city, great, um, great um, vibe there. Now, when you do that, when you do that showcase and you do that competition, mm-hmm. were there 
looking back, were there other bands that you, you know, when you got to the Ryman, forget about, you know, the other stuff, right? Yeah. When you get to that last hall, are there other bands that you remember that um, also ended up making it and, you know, were names or did... No, uh, there, there weren't any, there, there weren't any bands that anybody would, uh, these were all, um, you know, local and regional bands like I was, you know, from New England. And, um, we, you know, they were really, uh, everybody was really talented. They had their own thing, you know, everybody was different. Um, it was, it was shown on country music television on CMT, uh, the contest. And it was, it was really, really filled with, um, I guess the only analogy I could say, say you're a high school football player and then all of a sudden you're, you go to the NFL and you're like, wow, there are some really uh, talented players on the field, you know? So, sure. so that's the kind of feeling I recall from being in that contest. And, you know, it was uh, when we won, you know, we felt surprised that we won because the other bands were really talented too. But, um, you know, the judges were all Nashville judges and they, they were, it was up to them. So, and this, this was the 18th, annual version of this contest the true value country showdown and i think i think uh, other people that had been in it prior to me i think i recall martina mcbride was once a contestant in it and um there are some other notable names that had been in the contest before uh, so the contest itself was it was the biggest contest before they did um nashville star yeah which uh chris young went on to win yeah yeah and, uh, unfortunately didn't last very long Nashville star yeah yeah so uh but it launched Chris Young's career and he's having a great career and uh yeah so um yeah so there are all these different different things different avenues for people to find success and and uh, so anyway that was a fun ride and uh it it gave us a nice resume item to uh, book bigger shows and you know I was uh, my band went on to play at Gillette Stadium opening for Toby Keith Gillette Stadium is the home of the uh, New England Patriots for your fans around the world that may not know that. But um, anyway, yeah, all, all really cool stuff. When did when did Toby play Gillette? Two thousand four. He was okay. the, the, the he was the first one to kick off the New England Country Music Festival, which they still have yeah, uh, yeah. every year, and it's just grown into this huge, huge uh, weekend of music. And uh, my band was the first. Uh, we were the first ones on stage to open that show. That's awesome. It, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, you yeah. know, it was the same stage, you know, that the Stones play on. <laughs> so, right, right. You know, yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, you know, in the now, Jesus, the 20 some odd year history of, of Gillette, you know, there's been some pretty remarkable and memorable events and shows. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so it's it, me personally, right? And I, yeah. you're probably not gonna like this, but like I hate large venue shows like that. Not hate, right? I just don't. You know what? Country music to me, country music is so personal and yeah. so like, you know, endearing that I. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like comedy or stand up comedy. I don't think stand up yeah. comedy, you know, does well in bigger arenas either. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. You know, and it's it, as a performer, you feel I, 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 my favorite types of rooms are opera houses and and. Uh, and small venues where you can really talk to the audience, you know, like yeah. you say, like like comedians do. You know, I, I like to talk about the, behind the music. You know, why I wrote the songs, and and I think the audience enjoys hearing the backstory. So that I, I'm I'm much more in tune with playing a, a 300 seat venue and smaller 
um, when you when you play a, a stadium like Gillette, you do feel like a little bit of a cartoon character because you're so far away from the audience and you're you're um, you're on a jumbo screen larger than than y- you can imagine. Right. Uh, a jumbotron. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's it's really one of those things. And what I've always appreciated about country music is how. You know, even before getting into it like this, like it always felt like, even if it wasn't the reality, right? Country musicians, country artists always felt, I don't want to say obtainable, but like um, approachable, you know, yeah. some, somebody you could reach out to and have a conversation with. Yeah. You know, I, you know? I, I believe that. And I, I, um, my band, I've had so many opportunities. I've, I've opened for hundreds of, you know, famous people. I, you know, opened for Willie Nelson twice and Willie invited oh, me on his... I'm going to get into the Willie stories in a minute. Don't yeah, Willie know. invited me on his bus. I had my mom and dad with me and Willie couldn't have been nicer. I met Merle Haggard in Lowell, Massachusetts. I opened for Merle in Lowell, Massachusetts at the Memorial Auditorium at Lowell. Merle couldn't have been nicer. I opened for George Jones down at the Indian Ranch outside of Worcester and Webster, Mass. And uh, G- George Jones, you know, just couldn't have been nicer. These are real people, you know. These are real people that um... with keeping that central mass vibe going, we have to thank our friends over at the DCU Center again here in Worcester, DCUcenter.com. They are the premier venue here in central Massachusetts. They are a midsize arena. They're the home of the Worcester Railers, the Massachusetts Pirates. Numerous concerts, numerous events. Check them out, dcucenter.com. They are at 50 Foster Street right here in Worcester. Cheers. Cared about, you know, my, you know, the fact that I was, I would say, hey, I'd say, Willie, thanks for op- thanks for letting my band open for you. This was up at uh, in Guilford, New Hampshire, near Lake Winnipesaukee. I opened for Willie there twice. And uh, I said, thanks for letting me open your show. And he said, hey, Don, maybe we can pick sometime. You know, he he just was he's just the nicest guy ever, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, I remember after our show when I opened for Willie, you know, I was at my merch table, you know, selling t-shirts and CDs and hats and stuff. And Willie, Willie was at the, at a table next to me and his, you know, his manager came over to him at the time and said, Hey, Willie, we got to get you on the bus and get to the next venue. And this was like 1130 at night in the dark. And, uh, and I, I heard Willie say to his manager, Hey, you know, we've got, 60 more people here in line that want me to sign stuff and as a matter of fact there's six people you know in wheelchairs at the end of that line go get those people in the wheelchairs and bring them up here right now and you know that's how that's why willie has such a wonderful uh longevity with his career because he cares about his fans so much and that was a big music lesson for me which had nothing to do with music at all it it just taught me how to appreciate uh my fans and people that come to see me play and and um, it's not just about the music. It's about how you treat your fans. And, and I learned that lesson from watching Willie Nelson at his merch table. You know, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's I love that you mentioned, you know, some of these older guys that are, you know, Willie still being with us, you know, thank God. But, you know, some of the others like, you know, the possum and the outlaw yeah. of not being with us anymore. Right. And, um, you know, but for me, right, going going back a little bit, a little a little about me, like I hate it country music up until about 11 years ago sure um and you know i remember being a kid and my you know i tell this story quite often and the people that listen all the time are probably like so sick of hearing it but growing up you know my dad's side of the family huge country music 
presence, right? And it was yeah. always Merle and George Jones and all of these greats. And I couldn't get out of those family parties fast enough. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And, um, you know, now I look back and I'm like, damn it. Like, uh, you know, just, just to have had a conversation with my dad's uncles about it or, yeah. you know, my grandmother about it or my, you know, my grandparents about, you know, this, this newfound love I have of that original stuff. It's, you know, it, I think that's part of the reason why I, I do this and I'm so passionate about it is because it's like, it's almost still a connection to those people in, from my life that just aren't here anymore. Yeah. And they, they were, they were real people with real stories and, yeah. um, and they knew how to take their life experience, life experiences and put them to music. And, and and they knew how to connect to um, to people, and they knew how to connect to um, not only blue collar workers and people that you know work hard every day, but also they they knew how to bridge the gap to um, to people you know that were white collar workers, and and just they just had an ability to connect to everybody and yeah. with their life experiences, and that takes that takes a lot of talent. Yeah, and, and you know they were able to do it and not feel phony about it either. Yeah, they you were know, who they, they. When you right, when you meet these could, when you meet these people in person, you're like, wow, this is this this George Jones is exactly who I thought he was, you know, and uh, right. Merle Hag Merle Haggard is exactly who I thought he was. I mean, you know, right? Pretty, you know, because pretty, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. I'm just like, no, that's that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, you know, because you you hear these artists now that you know sing about you know working nine to five and shit and you know it, it just sometimes it feels phony and forced because you know you know that they're not doing that you know <laughs> but but with those original guys like for their rough and rugged demeanor and you know their whole thing it's like you could even though you knew that that wasn't their life you could also imagine it being their life yeah totally totally yeah, there was there was something about you know the the tone of Merle Haggard's voice, you know that you know when he was singing Working Man Blues, he you'd swear he was working man, you know, and uh, yeah. and I think he had a history before um, before he was a famous musician where that's what he did, you know, so he, he knew how to write about it and relate to those people, you know, so yeah, so um, and I've also you know had the opportunity to open for you know uh, you know Carrie Underwood and you know there 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 are people that are just mega stars now that. Um, that are, are you know really really talented really deserve to be there you know um um you know it's just there's so many so many great artists out there you know some of them you know like you say some of them may may sound like they're not really the person they're singing about but um a lot of them are you know yeah yeah now for, for those moments right of mm -hmm. you know opening for some of these some of these greats you know, and now looking back at it, um, do you have moments that, that stand out that you're like, you know what, I wish I would have interacted this way or said this to that person or, you know, those sorts of things? You know, I'm, I'm glad that I showed appreciation to them. You know, there, there were some artists, you know, that I won't name that I couldn't wait to meet. And then when I met them, uh, not, not many, just a couple, you know, when I met them, it was a real disappointment that they were just, just, uh, kind of rude and just not not who you thought they were so um but i i've always i've always prepared myself for moments that you know um i'm just gonna i'll always maintain my own dignity and and uh, let them be who they are i'm lucky to be here opening for them whether whether um 
whether I like them or not, you know, when you get a, I learned early on that when you get a chance to open for a, ma- a major artist, you're, it's an opportunity for you to borrow their fans for, you know, to let them hear your music. So I've always been really thankful about those opportunities. And, and, um, and, and now, you know, when I go out and do a, when I go out and do a show for, you know, 500 seat venue or something like that, and there's a up and coming band, that wants some exposure and I believe in their talent, you know, I'll have them open a show for us, you know, for my band. And I, and I'm a believer that, you know, if you, if you reach a certain level of success with your music and if you're, if you're lucky enough to be a full-time musician, which I am, um, you, you, I feel obligated to send the elevator down to the next person that's trying to come up to at least, at least my level. And, and, you know, you, you see that, um, even, you know, with famous people too, that you can see that they, they know that you're, you know, you're talented and you're trying to make it to another level. And they, a lot of them are really cool about it because they were, they were once an opening act themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of that I think gets lost on people too. And, you know, I guess it even gets lost on them at times because of, you know, of whatever level of celebrity they're at. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you said that about the elevator because it reminds me of my uh, a good buddy of mine, Jeff McMahon, who's in Nashville. And I don't know, do you know Jeff? I don't, I don't, but uh, maybe I'd know him by sight um, or, yeah, or, or by his music, you know? Yeah, he played keys for uh, Tim McGraw for like, oh, great. Years. Yeah, I like and, Tim uh, McGraw. Yeah, yeah, Jeff's a wicked good guy, and you know, it's the same kind of thing, and you know, he he's played with Chris Cagle now and his band, and you know, I yeah. guess it's revival and and all that and he does the same thing you know he's all about you know sending the elevator back down exactly you know verbatim exactly what you just said and i love that i love hearing that yeah i think i don't know if you've heard of these guys 12 oc out of maine yeah Um, yeah yeah they um when they were first starting out they needed to record you know a, a song you know so they could they needed to record one of the original songs so they could, um, you know, start sending it around to get gigs and stuff. And, and, uh, these three brothers, you know, they came into my studio and I recorded them. I had a blast with them. And I was like, yeah. wow, I really want to really want to help these guys out and uh, get them, help them launch themselves, you know, into getting some work. And now they're, you know, they're hugely busy. And, and, uh, I just had them come, we do a, a concert on the water here in Maine on right on the ocean that you, a concert you can only see by boat. And it's called a flotilla to fight cancer. It's, you know, over 300 boats, you know, raft up and watch my band play to raise money for the main cancer foundation. And I had 12 OC open, you know, play, you know, play for an hour before my band and they did a great job. And we raised about $83,000 in four hours, you know, which all 100% of it goes to the main cancer foundation. So those guys, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's it's really great to watch those guys taking off. I remember when I was you know starting out and, and trying to make some headway, and it's fun it's fun to look at the parallels of what what they're doing and what I did to you know get off the ground. Yeah, you know we we uh we got to have them. They they did their first ever podcast here with us. Oh great! And, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And those those guys, I really think they have they have the talent for sure to yeah. um you know really be big i i really think so yeah and they've got the drive and the energy for it and uh yeah it's just uh you know just making the right moves and and uh you know i think they can do it yeah i do too you know i just i you know i guess i guess me <laughs> you know me seeing a lot of things and and you know seeing a lot of bands that have their kind of 
their drive and their talent. And, you know, I, yeah. I just hope their, I don't want to say immaturity in a, in a negative way, but their youngness doesn't get in their way. I really don't. You know, I hope they, you know, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say? Like, again, it's not I do. I do. At all, you know? Well, the, the one, the one message I try to get across to, you know, um, to young musicians when they're starting out is, you know, you don't need a record deal to have a career in the music business. You know, right. you, you, you don't have to be mega famous and, you know, to, to have a career in music. You know, if you want to make a living playing your guitar and writing songs, there's a, there's a lot of room between starting out and being a mega star. There's a, right. there's a lot of fairway and a lot of highway uh, and a lot of venues, you know, that, you know, you can make a really handsome living as a musician without being a mega star. And right. a lot of, a lot of, young bands you know um that are starting out they just have stars in their eyes and that's all they just want to be you know a mega youtube sensation or um you know there's a there's a lot of ways to make a career in the music business if that's what you want to do and so um you know you don't have to be a mega star to you know to make a really good living no no you're you're absolutely right you know you and you see that now you know if if anybody follows the independent country scene i mean Hell, there's so many bands or artists out there that that are doing it, and without radio play, without you know a lot of things, and there's yeah, you know, I mean, look at Cody Jinks. I don't know if you're familiar with Cody or not, but Mm -hmm. you know, he's selling out massive venues with with nothing. It's all him. You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and and you know the the. Now we're gonna thank our friends on the North Shore. The Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint. Our buddy Jonathan Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out. Theporchsouthern.com. The ground, you know, the the playing field for the music business has completely changed in the last twenty five years. You know, yeah. because of the internet. You know, you there there are different ways to to um, to be a musician and a successful one. You know, it's funny. I've had some I've had some parents of young kids, like you know, seventeen or eighteen year olds, that you know, are really good guitar players, or whatever. And they'll say, "Hey, will you come out to lunch and let me buy you lunch? Will you talk to my son about the music business?" And uh, and I'll, I'll I'll ask the young person at lunch. I'll say, "Hey, what is it that you want to do?" And, and the kid will say, "You know, I just want to shred. I just want to shred on my electric guitar." I'm like, "Well, you know, um, that's something you can do, you know, um, in the comfort of your own bedroom, but." Um, <laughs> You know, the music, don't forget, it's, if, if you want to be in the music business, remember this word, business. It's, it's the music business. You know, you have to have health insurance. You have to do your taxes. You know, you, you, yeah. have, to, you, you have to treat it like a business. It's not just about your guitar, you know. And, yeah. um, and, you know, and you need to be able to bring people into a venue, you know, uh, you could be the greatest guitar player on the planet, uh, but not have any draw. You know, right. you, you know, you know. You got to be able if you if if somebody with a three hundred seat venue uh, wants to uh, book a band for a Saturday night, that band better be able to put three hundred asses in seats. Yeah, you know, it's and <laughs> and, uh, and it's not it's it's not just about shredding on your guitar. You know, 
No. And um, no, it's not even close. You know, you got to be. A, I, I'm a believer. You you need to play for an audience, not at an audience. Yes. And and um, it's really an important. Uh, um, that's a that's a thing I demand of myself is to never go play at an audience. You know, I want the audience to feel like, wow, they spent thirty five, forty dollars on a ticket to come see me, me and my band play. I want them to feel like, I can't wait to see this band again because yeah. they played they played for me, not at me. You know? Right, right, yeah. No, I I agree. A whole, you know, and and you as an audience member, right? Because I, I take my I consider myself a fan first and foremost. You know, obviously there's a lot more to what we're doing here than than just being a fan, obviously. But you know, yeah. I do I try to put it in the fan perspective at all times. And, yeah. You know, I you you know as a fan or as a consumer when you're when you're being played at like you said and when you're being yeah. played to a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I think I think sometimes with you know, when you get to a level of celebrity and I'm not just talking in country music, I'm talking, you know, music in general or, you know, other mm-hmm. arts or whatever, you know, I think there's, you know, some artists get to that complacent point where it's like, they just, you know, they mail it in. Yeah. Right. It's just, yeah. this is, you know what, this, well, I've, you know, I've got, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I've got some other friends that perform, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say, Hey, how, how did your gig go last night? And then, and uh, one of my buddies one night said, you know, I I think I just mailed it in last night. You know, I stood there on stage and I looked at the uh, the exit sign on the back wall of the room and sang, sang to the exit sign. I'm like, that's not good. So, right. uh, you know, um, and just got through. He got through the gig. But, you know, and then the next night he went out and k- killed it. You know, it's, it can sometimes, uh, you know, if you're doing hundreds of gigs, you know, it, it's it's, uh, you know, there are some venues that, uh, you know, um, lend themselves to more excitement than others, and yeah. and you know musicians are musicians are human. It's almost like playing golf. Some days, some days, you know, you shoot in the seventies, and some days you shoot in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're like me, some days you're shooting in the one fifties. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I mean, you know, it, I think you, I think you nailed it right there. You know, regardless of, and I'm sure you've had these days, right, where you know you play 300 plus shows a year, you're not going to be psyched every time you go out there you know you're yeah. just not, you're you're also a human being you know yeah you might you might have slept like shit the night before you're playing right. you know and, and uh, right so. like and you know again i know what i again i i'm pretty i'm not naive to the fact that what i do and what you do are very very different things but, yeah. you know when we you know when we are invited to cover shows or go out and cover shows and do reviews and stuff like you know, perfect example, like tomorrow night, we're going to cover a show. Like I cannot wait to see the band that's playing, but today, yeah. right now at nine 30 on a Friday morning, yeah, I am not looking forward to tomorrow night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. just, you know, there's a hundred other things in my brain right now. You know, will I right. be psyched up when I'm in the car on my way? You bet your ass I will be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it, again, it's as you know, and I think a lot of people, lose this factor especially when they're not in it you know yeah going to concerts or doing shows all the time is great it's and it's and it's a blast but well i mean you you're on stage right now you know i mean you're you're entertaining people with with your your good questions and your good storytelling and um so as far as i'm concerned you're just as much in the music business as i am and yeah and and i I appreciate appreciate that you know uh, artists 
you know, artists and music, musicians um, need people like you to help get their music out there. And and um, and so I I very much appreciate your presence in the music business for what you do for bands and musicians well, and well, artists. Yeah. Thanks. So, you know, like I said, it, it all being a grind and all that all that stuff, you know, um, with what you have been able to accomplish and do in your career, mm -hmm. um, I know based on some conversations, I don't want to say the new music coming out is, um, you know, I kind of mentioned it as like a Don Campbell, like revival. I know you haven't gone anywhere. I know you've been just playing shows, but this is this new music coming out is the first new music in a while, if I'm, if I'm correct. Right. Yeah. I'm so busy performing live that I, I just don't get enough time in my studio. I write and I record, but um, I just, um, I just, I've been so busy over the last 10 years, you know, doing, you know, over 300 shows a year that it, it, it doesn't allow me to get in my studio as much as I'd like to. But, um, but recently I, 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 I got a window to, you know, write and record, um, this new song that I'm releasing. Um, it's called the golden arches table of the brave. And anybody uh, knows that the golden arches refer to McDonald's in them. So wherever I travel in the country, uh, you know, I'll go into McDonald's in the morning and get a, you know, large diet Coke and a egg McMuffin. And I, 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 every time I go into McDonald's in the morning, I'll look over in the corner and I'll see four or five veterans sitting there having coffee and you know and you can tell the veterans because of the hats they're wearing and, and uh so i have a huge appreciation for veterans with every cd that i've released i, I write a special song for veterans my dad was a, a korean war marine and i'm not a veteran myself but i so appreciate um the luxury that we have in this country the luxury of freedom yeah. and look around the world right now and see how many people are fighting for their freedom and their safety and yeah. and we bathe in freedom in this in this country so i and i'm not a political person and, and uh i to me veterans aren't a political item at all every one of us no matter what side of the aisle you're on should should be celebrating veterans and their families so so i wrote this song called the golden arches table of the brave and it's and it's about you know instead of just looking over and seeing a table of veterans, I actually sit down with them and listen to their stories. And that's what the song is about. And it celebrates veterans. And, uh, and also, you know, I can't begin to tell you how, how nice the people are at McDonald's and how, how they, they're so kind to our veterans. And, and, uh, and it's just been a pleasure to write, to write this song and record it and have it mastered and uh, I can't wait to release it so we can continue to celebrate veterans. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, when this episode comes out, that the song will be released this coming Friday. But if you wait until the end of our conversation, you're actually going to get a chance to hear it before. Mm. Hear it before you can buy it kind of thing. <laughs> great. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. No problem. We're excited because the song is great. You know, it's, Thank it's you. really, you know, I'm a I'm a big I say sucker and I don't mean it in a bad way but I'm a I'm a big sucker for veterans you know my, not being yeah. one myself but mm -hmm. you know like you you know my my grandfather was a marine in World War yeah. II and you know getting to finally hear those stories after my grandmother passed away it was just like it was like holy shit like you know yeah you know, I, it, you, understood, you know my my grandfather was rough you know and he mm -hmm. was 
I, you know, my father's probably going to laugh at this, but my, my grandfather for most of my life was a total dickhead, <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. And, and, and again, I don't mean that in a bad way. It was very, you know, <laughs> but after hearing those stories, like you understood, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll never forget. I was, I was about 16 years old and I was sitting at my kitchen table and I was doing a research paper on World War II, and I had a, I had some like World Book encyclopedias out, and I had gotten some books out of the library. And my my dad, who um, worked for New England Telephone at the time, you know, and he was a Marine, uh, he uh, he came over and said, "Hey, what are you doing, Don?" And I said, "I'm doing a research paper on World War II." And this was like a Friday afternoon, and, and uh, my dad says, "Well, what are you doing tomorrow on Saturday afternoon?" I said, I don't, uh, "Nothing really." And he said, "Well, let, let me take you someplace to introduce you to some guys that were actually there." So my dad took me to a, a VFW hall on Saturday afternoon, introduced me to some guys that were actually part of World War II, and so I interviewed them and uh, collected some of their stories and put it in my research paper. And I think it's the only A I ever got on a research paper um, because the teacher was so impressed that I used actual people instead of just books that were there, you know, and, and, and it gave me a really, a real appreciation for, you know, who our veterans are. And, and I, and I, my band was doing a, a a veterans day celebration at an, at a middle school. I'll never forget this. There were, there were about a hundred, you know, middle schoolers sitting cross-legged on a gymnasium floor, and my band was doing a Veterans Day celebration, you know, for them. And, and I, before we started playing any music, I said to this this group of kids, you know, can anybody here tell me what a veteran is? And and uh, and it was just silent, and nobody raised their hand. And I said, I said, isn't there anybody here that knows what a veteran is? And and this little girl, I don't know, eight years old, slowly raised her hand. I said, yes, what, what is a veteran? And she goes, it's, a, it's an animal doctor that takes care of sick animals. And she's, she's thinking veter, veterinarian. And, and I said, well, that's a really good guess. I said, because the word sounds very much the same. But I said, no, that's not uh, that, you know, a veteran is somebody that has fought for our country and our freedom. You know, every day, you know, you can get up and go do whatever you want. You can go on your skateboard or you can go to a playground and uh, swing on the swings, uh, you know, or go play with your friends or go trick-or-treating and on Halloween. That's freedom, you know, and there are a lot of countries on this planet where you can't go down the street on your skateboard, you know, and um, you might not even have drinking water, you know, look at what's happening today in the news, you know, and, and I'll just remind everybody that listens to your podcast, you know, if you know somebody that served this coming Veterans Day, November 11th, you know, buy them a coffee and say hello and say thank you, whatever, you know, it'll make yourself feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes them feel good. You know? It, yeah. You yeah. know, I can't, you know, it's, you know, it's also funny too, because I have some, I have some veteran friends that, you know, Veterans Day rolls around and it's a, you know, a ma- not a mass tech. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out. 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. Cheers. But I text all of them and you yeah. know, say thank you and all that. And like, you know, some of them, 
you know, they're funny and they'll be like, what, what are you thinking before? I'm like, it's Veterans Day. And they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah. like, it's all I get, you know, but at the same in the same token, you know, it's all based on, you know, your experiences, too, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And everybody, you know, everybody that served had a different experience. You know, I, I thanked a guy one day. He said, all I did was fly a desk. And I was like, well, you know what? You went through boot camp and you were ready to serve. If they, if, you know, if they needed you to pick up a, a weapon or whatever, you were prepared to do that, weren't you? He goes, oh, yeah. And I said, well, it all matters. It all right. matters. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My grandfather used to say that, too. He was like, you know, we him and I, before he passed, we or before he got sick, we used to do lunch or breakfast or something at least once a week. You know, that was our that was kind of our thing. And, you know, we would talk and. Yeah. When it got to Memorial Day or Veterans Day and, you know, or whatever, whatever, if we were talking about the situations and, and all that, he is he was always very kind of humble about it. And he said, you know, it was just what I had to do. You know, I, I did what I needed to do, you know, and at the yeah. time, you know, because he enlisted at 17. He got his father to sign off on it. And, um, you know, he was like, this is this. It was just my duty to my country. And that was it. You know, and yeah. And, you know, and that's a uh, that's a really important piece of our history. You know, there were yeah. there were people there were people that um, lied about their health to get to get into the service. You know what I mean? Right. They, they you know, they they maybe their vision was off or something like that. Or, or you know, they you know, they had some kind of condition where they couldn't get into the army or couldn't get into the Navy or Marines or Coast Guard or, you know, Air Force or whatever. But they, they actually, you know, they wanted to get in so bad to, to fight for their country. And that, that's a sense of pride that um, I think is really amazing. Yeah, it sure is. It, you know, it, it really, really is. Because you know what, as we sit here talking about this, I don't know that, you know, I, I never did, you know, but even thinking about it, like, I don't know that I could have done it. Yeah. In a million years, I don't have that. I don't have that in me, and I know that. Yeah, you know, well, I, trust me. I wish we, I did. I I wish I did, but I just I would have yeah. I would have cried the whole damn time. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, not everybody has that that steel, you know, no. in their that iron in their blood, you know, and um, but you know, you know, when you you look back at the world, you know, before. And I mean, now, now it's the information age. I mean, you can, you can, you can travel around the world on the internet and, and, um, and, and see whatever you need to see. But, um, you know, back then they were, you know, it was, you know, it was, they, you'd pick up the paper in the, you'd pick up the paper and read about, you know, uh, you know, Auschwitz and you know, Hitler and all that stuff. And, and, and the atrocities and, and people here were saying, we got to go help those people. Right. You know, we, we get, we got to go liberate, you know, those people we got to, you know, and I, I believe that, um, like I said, I'm not a political person, but I, I do believe in the spirit of, um, veterans and, and why they served and, and, uh, you know, and, and their families sacrifices and, you know, Arlington national cemetery is filled with people that uh, are heroes and, and had a lot of pride and, yeah. And they, they paid the ultimate price for uh, other countries, our own country, and um, and for freedom around the world. And I'm a yeah. believer in that. Yeah, you know, and I, I love that you just mentioned the families because they make, you know, 
obviously it's not the same sort of sacrifice, but they also make a huge sacrifice when their yeah. loved ones go and you know even if, even if they don't ever get deployed right it's there's still a huge sacrifice there yeah and i mean think of the moms and dads that uh lie in bed every night when and their their son or their daughter is serving somewhere overseas and you know imagine what you feel like when your phone rings at two in the morning you know right you, you know even if it's you know a telemarketer or something you know something foolish i mean it just it can, imagine the, the fear that you live with all the time well, whenever yeah. your phone rings you know when I, your I, son or daughter is serving overseas you know i can't i can't even imagine you know i i i have times where you know i get i worry about my my boys at school for Christ's sake you know what i mean yeah well with good reason you know with yeah. everything that you see in the news i mean right every day another you know there's something else rotten is happening so yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I'm I'm sorry we've kind of gone off on on the tangent, but that's what I love about this show. We're talking about all kinds of, you know, stuff that that's all relative. And um, but yeah. back back to back to your music and your band a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. So for for the for the band that you have, you know, currently is mm-hmm. are these the same people in the band that have always been there? Have have we changed? You know, no. As a matter of fact, when I, yeah, I've 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 had uh, I've I've been so lucky to have fantastic musicians around me uh, since i started out when when i when i my first band i was the youngest guy in my band and uh, all of those guys um all of those guys decided um you know that you know i i wanted to travel a lot around the country and and some of the guys in my band were you know over 60 and um they were like hey can you find some younger guys to do these uh, road trip gigs <laughs> because you know they, they were married and had you know grandkids and stuff and so um, I have since, you know, um, just found other musicians that, um, I still love all, all the people that used to play with me and we're all, you know, we're all friends and all that. And, uh, but, uh, I've had, you know, different, different bands, the, the band, the band mates that I have now I've had for, I think seven or eight years, I think my fiddle player, the, my fiddle player, Tom has been with me for over 25 years. And um, we, Tom Yoder is his name, really talented guy. Um, but all my bandmates have been moved about seven or eight years now. Right, right. So, so they're, and they're all they're all player. wonderful. They're all wonderful, fun guys. They're 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 my best friends. That's awesome. So your fiddle player was there for the Ryman days. Oh yeah, for the uh, Grand Ole Opry House up at that's, the Opry that's Hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So when um, you know, now with the with the new, I guess you know, the new rendition of you, mm-hmm. uh, how is you know, in the new music that's coming out, what is the plan for you? You know, going into twenty four, are we? Are you gonna crazy control? busy? My schedule, my yeah. my schedule, my schedule gets booked very very fast. I have uh, uh, a fantastic manager, Kristen DeQuatro. She's actually the wife of uh, my electric guitar player. And um, and Melissa Procida, um, she they they both are just rock solid managers and booking agents, and they they just I I literally need need to schedule days off because they keep me so busy. So um, we we'll, my band will be doing all kinds of different shows shows uh, you know concert in concert halls, opera houses, outdoor festivals, uh, shows on the ocean, shows near the ocean. Um, 
and I also have two Christmas CDs out. I love Christmas music, and uh, I, I released two Christmas CDs, and this Christmas will be, you know, book solid playing Christmas shows. And it's funny, you know, we, we do those shows for, you know, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, and uh, we dust those songs off for <laughs> to play for one month, and then we shelve them shelve them for 11 months but it's really fun to dust them off and play these songs and and play for uh families and christmas audiences it's a lot of fun now with the with the christmas tunes you do right are they do you sprinkle in some of the you know more traditional christmas tunes yeah so my christmas cds are up uh 80% classic uh christmas songs that my band puts our our own tone and spin on um and then i 20 percent are songs that i've written christmas songs and so um they've uh they're really fun they're kind of a roller coaster ride of you know christmas history you know songs old songs some are newer ones and ones that i've written it's really fun that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah you know it's, it's funny because you know the christmas you know the christmas season seems to get earlier and earlier and earlier every year um and uh my my mother-in-law god god love her she is a christmas junkie you know if we could yeah if we could put up our christmas tree in july and have it from july to you know january 6th she would she would let us but um <laughs> yeah you know but yeah it's it's crazy you know because i've even seen some you know some artists have already put out you know christmas albums yeah know, going into you know we're not even in november yet well as we're talking you know it's it's right. wild yeah. And the, the the funny thing about recording Christmas CDs is, you know, you don't record them during the Christmas season because right. it takes time to, you know, it, so I think I had to record mine in like July, you know, and it was like, it's hard to, you know, you, you find yourself sticking your head in the freezer just to get in the spirit, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's really funny, you know, you gotta, you gotta make it sound Christmassy and it's not even in the season, you know, when you're the recording time, it takes a lot. People don't know it takes a lot, a lot of time, to, not only to record and produce the record, then you got to mix it, you know, get it so that it sounds perfect. And then you take it to a mastering lab and they, they make sure, it, you know, all the sounds, all the songs are at the same volume. There's a certain amount of seconds between each song and, and, and they polish it to make it sound good on anything you listen, listen to it on. So, yeah. um, but anyway, it takes time to do that and you can't do it, um, you know, just before Thanksgiving. You, you know, because then you got to get CDs pressed, and, and there's a lot that goes into it that takes time. Now, are you still doing that? Are you still pressing CDs? I I probably won't do that with this particular song because it's it's a single, and I think I'm just going to release it um, on you know online. Yeah, yeah but I know. do I still do press Christmas CDs. We sell them every Christmas at all of our shows. And yeah. I, I have I have a total of fourteen CDs out, uh, two of which are Christmas CDs and uh, a double CD that I released of my. I was a huge Dan Fogelberg fan, and I released uh, a double CD set of my favorite Dan Fogelberg songs after he passed away. And um, and we traveled around the country doing an evening of Dan Fogelberg music, which was really fun. We did it for about ten years, and and uh, now I'm back to just doing my own writing and recording my own songs. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, for also, don't forget our friends over at hogwash and rhinestones.com. 
Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwashandrhinestones.com. For for um, you know, the the stuff you have out right, and yep. as much as you have toured and you know been on the road and all that, yeah. um, I was kind of looking through and I didn't see it. But where's the live album? Uh, I've done a live trio CD. Okay. Uh, re- yeah, I recorded. Yeah, I recorded that in Kennebunkport at a place on the water. And that was, uh, I had a really fun trio that I was playing with for a while. And um, I, I still have a duo and a trio that I play with um, now. But uh, anyway, so I've never done a full band uh, live CD, only um, a trio live CD. Well, you got to get on that. Got to get on it. Got to get on that. I love, <laughs> I, I, I'm just biased. I love uh, live albums. I just Yeah, they're them. great. There's a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because it's like you get versions of the songs that, you know, you've been singing or hearing for for years or however long, and then you hear the live version, and it's like a totally different song. You know, it's yeah. It's awesome. I I've I've done a I've done a special thing with every one of my CDs, which I found to be really fun. I at the, you know, the if like, let's say for example, say I put twelve songs on a CD, the first eleven are all originals, and then the last one for dessert. I will take a, uh, I'll take somebody else's, somebody else's, you know, famous song and put my band's own spin on it. Like, for example, um, I did a, an album called American Garage, and the last song on that was uh, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad by Meatloaf. And my my band did a country version of it that's really fun. Uh, on, I had a CD called Backyard Holiday, and the final song on that is uh, Hold Me Now by the Thompson Twins, and we did a country version of that. And uh, I did a CD called The Mashed Potato Swing. And the last song on that CD is Honky Cat by Elton John, a country version of that, which was really fun. And then we did one. We, uh, what CD was it? Uh, I Own the Road. The last song on that CD is uh, Pride in the Name of Love by U2. We did a country version of that. So then um, those, those were, you know, recorded live in the studio, but not live to an audience. But um, yeah. anyway, lots of fun. That's I, cool. I, treat like, I treat it like dessert at the end of, you know, at the end of a meal. I, I, I got to give after somebody has been kind enough to listen to all of my originals. It's I got to give them a little familiarity dessert, you know, a little cherry on yeah. cherry on top of the album. So. No, I did. You know, and the, this this typically isn't like me. I don't do a lot of research or you know, look into my guests too, too much because, you know, I want sure. the conversation to be genuine and not be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but I did want to ask you about um songs from the campbell kitchen yeah um because i've been you know again looking through looking through the the list of tunes here and you know it Mm -hmm. looks like a good chunk of them if not all of them are not originals right Uh, so songs from the campbell kitchen when we when you and i first started this conversation i mentioned that i grew up in a in a celtic music household yeah. And it, it always took place in the kitchen and, and uh, all my relatives would come around. So so in my studio at my house in Nashville, uh, I brought my dad and a couple of my uncles and my mom. And uh, I said, let's let's record the songs that 
that I grew up with in, in, in the kitchen, you know, in the Campbell kitchen. And, uh, it was really quite a atmosphere growing up and, and I just wanted to pay homage to it. So, so the songs from the Campbell kitchen CD is filled with, uh, Celtic fiddle tunes, uh, old, old folk songs. Um, and you know, there's fiddle and harmonica and just old folk songs that we would, that I remember all my aunts and uncles and everybody playing when I was growing up. And, uh, if you can imagine, you know, uh, a, a really cozy kitchen with a fireplace and at a big, a big, uh, stainless steel pot on the stove filled with, you know, beef stew and, um, people would just come up, our neighbors would come over and, uh, everybody would grab a bowl of stew and have a, have a pint of beer and, and, uh, just listen to Celtic music all day and sing songs. And, you know, people would jump in that, you know, we're hearing songs for the first time and just try to sing along. And that album is, is, uh, it's something I'm really glad I did because I recorded that. I believe that was in 2007 or 2008 and it was before they all passed away. And, uh, and it, it's really great to, um, to have that CD for, um, you know, some of my younger relatives that, and, and just people that love Celtic music. And, uh, there are radio Celtic radio stations that play that CD. And I'm very proud of that piece of work. Yeah. It's definitely a cool, you know, it, it's a time capsule, you know, and it's a time capsule for you. And, exactly. Exactly. You know, and everybody else in your family. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, um, you know, music is a time travel machine, you know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you can hear, you can hear a Christmas song on the radio and it'll make you feel 12 years old again. Like, yeah. I, wow, I remember hearing this song, you know, I was, you know, laying under my Christmas tree as a little kid, you know, looking up through the tree at the lights. Anyway, the, uh, it is a time capsule. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really is music in general. You know, I can, you know, there's artists I even listen to now that bring me back to, you know, points in my life or, you know, as a yeah. kid, it's like, regardless of how old you are or what you're going through, like those songs bring you back to, to whatever that moment was. Definitely. You know, um, I, uh, you know, I can hear a Carpenter's song and feel like I'm in eighth grade again. You know, it's, it's yeah. really crazy, crazy. Yeah. But, uh, I love the old country stuff like you do. And some of the new stuff I love, you know, there, there are, uh, um, there are, you know, some newer artists that I, that I like, I, I, I really like what Kenny Chesney's done, you know, yeah. um, he kind of, he kind of jumped on the Jimmy Buffett bandwagon, you know, and, um, he lives that life, you know, you can yeah. bump into him in the, in the British Virgin Islands. I'm sure he's probably down there now, but, right. um, right. you know, but I like, I like his music and I, I loved what Jimmy Buffett did. You know, they took you on vacation for four minutes and that's pretty cool. What music, the power of music, you can be stuck in a snowstorm. And uh, in, in, you know, bumper to bumper traffic and a Jimmy Buffett song will come on and take you on vacation out of the, out of the snow for four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. I think there are, it's... I think there are travel agents all around the world that owe their living to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No. Um, before we, before we, uh, before we uh, wrap this up and yeah. let you get on your, on your, on your way and your busy afternoon. Um, First of all, thank you again so much for for coming on and taking the time and shooting the breeze. It's been it's been an absolute blast to talk thank to you. you. Thank you, uh, man. I mean, this has been this has course. really been this is really fun, Jim. And I like uh, 
I like the way that you uh, think about music, and and I love the fact that you cover it so well. And uh, well, thank you. and I understand you have a fantastic uh, reputation, and uh, I am honored to be part of your podcast. Well, I'm I'm honored that you're you've said that. I appreciate it. You know, we're I'm not gonna you know, I'm I'm not the most humble person in the world, but I'm working my <laughs> I am working my tail off at this. You know, and it's, yeah. And it, uh, well, again, you know, I, you, I, if it if it's something you love, if it's something you love, you'll never work. You know, it, that's uh, true. That's you true. Know, you'll never work a day in your life if you do what you love, and if you're you know, passionate I, about it, it's it's only it's only going to get more fun. That's true. Now, I wanted to ask a couple couple of last things that have sure. popped in my sure. brain that we've been talking um, with your big presence in Maine. At you know, mm-hmm. at living there and and doing all mm-hmm. you've done. We talked about twelve OC. Are there other bands? that are in or you know regardless of what genre that are you know in yeah. the in the local scene that really stand out to you yeah there's this, there's a lot of great talent in maine i mean some of my some of the people that i really looked up to are still you know playing like uh dave mallet dave mallet's a fantastic singer songwriter uh he he also lived in nashville for a while and uh and he he's a great talent his his son's have a band called the Mallet Brothers Band, and they're yeah, really I've been, popular. I've been trying to get them on for two years. Yeah, um, you should contact their uh, their father, Dave, and, and interview him. He's got a okay. ton of stories, and he could probably he could probably uh, influence his sons to uh, interview you too. Yeah. And um, I mean, for uh, to be a, a part of your podcast as well. Um, yeah, there there are other other singer songwriters in Maine that I just I really enjoy seeing, but uh, you know, like my friend Dan Merrill. Dan Merrill's a really great talent, um, and uh, you know, there's uh, the two guys from Schooner Fair still playing, and uh, um, there's a lot of talent here in Maine. There's a there's a band there's a band called Vinyl Tap, uh, which is really good, and uh, you know, if I have a night off, I try to go see those guys. You know, yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of talent in Maine and and, and around New England, and uh, every I appreciate all kinds of different music. Um, you know, I I love rock music, and I love classical music. When I sit in my office and do paperwork, I'm usually listening to Vivaldi. You know, classical music, and uh, so it all it's all an escape somehow. You know, it all music is a wonderful escape for me. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's a wonderful escape for a lot of people. You know, I think it's yeah. you know back to what we were you know we had mentioned about you know bringing you back to something. You know, yes, yeah. even if it's a brand new song, you know, yeah. if the lyrics hit you the right way, it could bring you it could bring you anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it's fun. It definitely is. Definitely is fun. Um, now, and obviously, our last our last little bit here. Uh, yeah. Before we before we end the show, because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, I got to ask about your boots and your whiskeys of choice. <laughs> well, um, I happen to be a rum guy mostly, but if I was okay, going to have if, if if I was going to have uh, a little bit of whiskey, I I guess I would probably have Jim Beam because uh, uh, when I was in Nashville, my band won the Jim Beam Backroom Band Contest at the Wild Horse Saloon and. And I won a uh, a custom made Les Paul guitar with the Jim Beam logo on it, which I still have. And uh, um, I guess I would have a little Jim Beam on the rocks, 
uh, with a buddy of mine that likes a really good guitar player, Robbie Coffin, who likes Jim Beam. Probably have that. And um, my my boots were Lucchese boots, um, which were really comfortable uh, cowboy boots with a low heel. I like the low heel. Yeah, yeah, I like and, I like uh, the low heel too. I have a yeah. I have a high heel, and I just I feel like a baby giraffe every time I walk. <laughs> in the- yeah, yep. And uh, but on rainy days, I wear a pair of Blundstones. You know, Blundstones are Australian boots, and they're waterproof. So on rainy days, that's what I wear. I don't want to ruin my good cowboy boots. So no, no, no. But okay, now you talked about rum. What's your rum? Uh, I like cruise cruise rum. Um, okay, I think I think it's pronounced cruisin, but. Uh, um, I like Cruzan rum, the light, the light stuff, and I usually drink it with a diet coke. And, uh, yeah, oh, God. and you're, uh, you're a man after my own heart. When you said a diet coke and an egg McMuffin, I was like, dude, that is <laughs> that's almost my daily breakfast, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. I got to get the I get buffalo sauce with it too. So uh, what? That's a good, what well, that's a what good... the hell did you just say? I get a little buffalo sauce with it. That I can dip my egg McMuffin in. It's pretty good. Don, are you okay? Yeah. Why would you ruin it? You just ruined I don't know. it. I don't know. It uh, just wakes me up. Like no? no, I don't do the hash browns, but uh, it, 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 it's something about it wakes me up. Oh, man, the hash browns. Yeah. I don't know what they do to them. But anyway, now we've got way up. Um, so, Don, thanks again for being on. And, Thank you know, you, like, Jim. like we mentioned in the episode, you know, stick around. We're going to we're going to play the uh, the Golden Arches tune thanks a lot on friday um so listen to it before you can buy it this week and don thanks again man for being on we've we've really enjoyed chatting and hopefully we can do this again soon in person and we'll uh we'll bring you some you know real whiskey and that sounds good yeah there's another one out there wiggly bridge i think it is it's pretty popular these days yeah that's a that's pretty popular i'd probably have one of those and uh, yeah and you you know you've got some great distilleries up there in maine so don't yeah it's crazy we're like the microbrew we're the microbrew capital of the usa here in maine and and there's a lot of great beers and a lot of great beers and a lot of great distilleries here yeah so um come on up and see my band Come, come on up and see my band and have a whiskey I'm gonna. I have to, because you're what? You're not far from Portland, right? I'm. Uh, I'm about ten minutes west of Portland, Scarborough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, from really from where I am to Portland, it's not. You know, it's pretty much over the line. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, totally. You're. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're close. Well, Come on up here sometime. We'll, we'll go out and have a. We'll put our boots on. Go out and have a whiskey and and uh, and we'll. I'll buy you a lobster. Oh God! You both. <laughs> well, that's the game. I'm I'm on my way. <laughs> hey, thanks for thanks for what you do uh, for musicians and bands and uh, and uh, your 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 presence in the music business is a welcome one. And uh, thanks right. for all you're doing. Thanks for what you're doing. You know, it's it's a I appreciate that a lot. And um, you know, it's and it's God, it's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing your stories. And again, I can't I can't wait to see what what keeps coming for you. Thanks, you brother. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks, yeah. Don. Don, have yeah. a great, you know, rest of your day and your week and your weekend and, and everything in between. You know, feel free. You have my number. Feel free to reach out at any point. And, you know, we're always here for you. Thanks a lot, brother. Nice talking no to you. Thanks, Take Don. Bye-bye. Bye. Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. 
Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. Best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at Tipsy Music on all socials. Long live live music. And now, as promised, the world premiere of Golden Arches, Table of the Brave. Enjoy. This morning it caught my eye That unmistakable veteran pride I thought a Nick McMuffin was all I'd get Instead I bought big breakfast for a table of vets There was old Herb Wiley who did two tours I saw old Phil grinding from the Vietnam War They got a thousand stories running around their brains Of burning ships on the ocean and jungle rains So that's when I sat right down And I swear I could hear the sounds of the deck Guns firing out across those waves And then I just close my eyes Feeling thankful to be alive There at the golden arches table of the brave Chopper pulling wounded out Thirty brave young men would live to talk about How they warned Ed Freeman not to set it down Instead he put that Huey on the blood-soaked ground He took thirteen trips to the danger zone and he saved those boys and he shuttled them home He took three hot rounds in his leg that day And another in his arm as he flew away And that's when I heard them say They would still sign up today Cause they're still so proud of the flag we wave And I had to wipe my eyes Feeling so proud to be alive There at the golden arches table of the brave 
guys i hope you enjoyed golden arches table of the brave such a great song you know we talked about it in the episode we got a little into it i think it's so badass that don puts in a um a song for our vets into each album it's it's absolutely incredible there's there's nobody on this earth that we need to thank more for our our rights and our freedoms than our men and women in uniform and i love that don gives those guys and girls a nod in every album that's that's huge um, those guys and girls deserve nothing but the best from us here at home. And, you know, so thank you, Don, for shedding a light on that. And I love that he sheds a light on, you know, the vets that, you know, maybe are a little older that are still around, you know, that just want to talk, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to go to a VFW or even, you know, like we talked about McDonald's on any given morning and, you know, you see them, right? They're, they're all over the place. You go into any McDonald's in the morning and you know that table, right? You've you've been there, you've seen it. You know, so go go up to them, say thank you. Or, you know, strike up a conversation, do something. You know, thank those guys and girls for their sacrifice. And you know, like I said in the like I said in the episode, you know, their families as well. They make they make just as big of sacrifice as those that go over. So big thank you to everybody that have served in our military. All of our first responders, everybody that puts their life on the line every day for this country and for our safety and for our communities. So thank you, everybody, for that. Um, like I said, Don, great talking to you. I can't wait to do more with you. I think we I think we have a long history with Don coming up. So stay tuned for that. Um, like I mentioned, Don, Fo- uh, Don, nope, Don was this week. <laughs> John Fosco is on our show on Thursday. Some real that's a really cool conversation, guys. And that's you know that's something you're not gonna want to miss. He's not an artist. Well, he is. He's not a musical artist. Um, but he does work with some of the biggest and best bands coming up. Um, Whiskey Myers to just name drop, um, Red Clay Strays, 49 Winchester. The, the list goes on. So tune in on Thursday for that conversation. That was a, it's a good one. It's, it's, a, it's a really good one. Um, so I hope you guys all had a great Halloween. Happy Halloween. I forgot to the Halloween today. Um, so a big thank you for you for tuning in again. Um, I hope trick or treating, if that's what you're doing tonight goes well, or if you're passing out candy, I hope that went out goes well as well. Um, so again, thanks guys. And remember always here at the boots and whiskey podcast. It's all about real people real stories, real country. That's what we shoot for every week is an honest conversation. And, you know, we get it. We get it here. And um, so thank you again. Check out all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, the whole nine yards, guys. We appreciate it. Like, follow, subscribe to all of our podcasts so you know when they're coming out. Um, I believe for the rest of the year, it's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
that could change though but stay tuned um yeah guys and so until thursday keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass y'all cheers thank you for tuning in today and we'll see you on thursday good night